Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, podcasting. Welcome, Jessica. I have Jessica Whitney here. We, again, met through social media. That's kind of like a given on my podcast now. Like, I met this amazing person in social media. <laughs> um, I like when my guests introduce themselves. So okay. I want to welcome you here and just say, tell the audience what you feel like is important for this show, this audience, how you're feeling yeah. today. Whatever I was going to say, I've been wearing this sweatshirt for five days. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of my clients was like, oh, you've been wearing that sweatshirt. I saw it on social media. I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> to wear the same thing every day. Um, yeah. So I am a uh, business and mindset coach, or I'd say business mindset coach for coaches and creative entrepreneurs. And yeah, I'm a wife and a friend and a dog mom. <laughs> and I live between San Diego and Italy because my husband's in the Navy. So I'm all over the place and have learned how to live out of suitcase. I love it. I love it. Well, welcome to the podcast. Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I I think the word that was coming out of my mouth was podcast, which is kind of a fascinating word. So I'm a podcast. Um, we definitely met through the coaching world and um, you also had a willingness to share your own personal experience, which I think is like a neat blend of some of the things I've curious about you can feel free to share your story in any way or kind of vaguely it's totally up to you but um I'm always curious like I I was not a coach when I had my abortion but I mm. I was sort of around a lot of coaching tools and like kind of resources like that so yeah. I wasn't I wasn't like totally disconnected from growth you weren't I was gonna say you weren't as enlightened as you are now <laughs> enlightened. I wasn't awakened now. um I I had some tools to get me through it but it wasn't necessarily coaching that got me through it you know totally. what I mean yeah so I'm yeah, curious like what's your story around like how do you look back at it now differently than you did when you were going through it? Or like, does it keep coming up as like, are there ever any lessons that you learned in that experience that you carried through or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think, things? I think from what I've heard talking to other women who I know have chosen to have abortions <clears throat> is that my story is more unique, I think. And my perspective mm. is very different mm. from a lot of people. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just haven't talked to enough people, mm -hmm. but, um, I started doing thought work in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and I had an abortion in 2018. So I had a okay. lot of years of like my own self-awareness and thought yeah. work. And I had been doing, you know, I started practicing meditation when I was 14 years old. And like, I also had that like under my belt of like yeah. a lot of just like 
awareness of my beliefs and my thoughts and like what is true for me versus what's like societal pressure. And it's actually, now that you're saying this, it's kind of ironic from this lens. Like when I got pregnant, I was in a four month leadership development program that was all around experiential learning and thought work. Experiential learning. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I was like, here, here you go. Right. So when I was in that program, I was, um, basically I'm just trying to think of the timeline. Yeah. So in like summer 2018 is when I found out I was pregnant and it was like, my period was late. I was having a lot of anxiety and I was like, there's no way I'm pregnant. Like I've been having sex a very long time. I've never gotten pregnant, like no way. And then I remember I was like having so much anxiety. I went to this yoga class. <laughs> I showed up early to the yoga class and there was a CVS, CVS across the street. So I was like, fuck it. So I went across the street. I, I bought a two pack of pregnancy tests and Reese's and licorice. And then I've put them in my car. I went back to yoga. <laughs> and then that night I uh, had them in my car and I ate the Reese's and the licorice. And then the next morning I took the pregnancy test because I was like, I, I don't know if I read this or if this is even true, but I was like, I think you're supposed to do it when you pee in the morning. So I was like, I'll wait till the next morning. Right. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. We'll see like how much, how many hormones are flowing around in there. Yeah. And you know, the two lines showed up and I was like, whole, I can cuss, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And I was at a friend's house. Actually, my friend was house sitting and the two of us were there And I was like, come in the bathroom. Oh my God, I'm pregnant. But like not, I, it was, I'm sure as many people can experience, it was a lot of different emotions. There was joy and fear and what the fuck just happened. And like the whole, the whole spectrum of emotions. And then it was like, okay, now what? And then when I told the guy who I was dating, Mm -hmm. his response was like, well, let's make a pros and cons list. And that kind of like sank things for me, that Mm. question. Cause I was like, "Mm," like, that's not really the response that I would prefer to get from someone who I'm going to have a child with. Mm. Like I wanted it, like my preference, if I had one would be like, someone be like, oh my God, we'll get through this together. Let's do this, babe. And it was like, oh, well, like, let's sit down and make a pros and cons list. And like, it's all good. He was dealing right, with it like in the best way he knew how. Yeah. Right. It's all good. But I was like, mm, this isn't how I want having a baby to feel. Mm, yeah. This is yeah. not how I imagined it. And it was like a really line in the sand moment. So I was in this program, the breakthrough I was really having in 2018 was stepping into a deeper sense of self-worth and really mm. owning that I am worthy unconditionally. And it's not like how much money I make or who I'm dating or what I look like or my body or Mm. my friends or like the car or whatever. Right. Like I really was getting intimate with my own self-worth in 2018. Mm. That was like the journey of 2018. And not to say that I think we, I had been doing work on that for a lot of years, but I think the breakthrough in self-worth happened because of this pregnancy. And so I was in this program and I got pregnant. I told the guy I didn't love, I wasn't like mad about his response. I just knew in my bones that it like, wasn't the way I wanted to to happen. And I also have been someone who's on the fence about even wanting to have kids or not. Right. And 
even with my husband now, like we go back and forth. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh, I don't know this month. I don't want kids. And so I kind of went back and forth and I was like, I think I romanticized the idea of having the, the, the child and like going through with the pregnancy. But when I really sat down with myself without the guy and just like kind of checked in and I was like, this is a pattern I don't want to repeat. Mm. And I don't want to say that my parents are, uh, regret having us, but yeah. I know my parents were young. They're in their early to mid twenties. Mm. And I think that there were, it was not always planned. There's, we, I have two brothers. So like, I, I don't feel anything negative about that, but I was like, I know what I can create if I take my own self-worth and put that at the forefront. And what felt like the most worthy decision was having an abortion, mm. which I think for most people, that's not the case. It's like, it's also because I really was not a, like having kids wasn't that big of a deal to me. So it didn't really mm-hmm. feel like that big of a loss. And then, you know, there's a conversation of like, okay, well, is it a living being when you conceive or like, Emma, is this like a terrible thing? And like looking at all of that, but at the, at the foundation of my decision was like, what is the most loving for me and self-worthy decision for me is having an abortion Mm -hmm. and following my dreams of building my business and doing what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my journey was exactly not exactly the same, never exactly (laughs) the same. But the way you worded it is not a way I've ever worded it. Um, I I felt like this, I'd already had my kids. So I was like, this is not a time for kids. This is a time for me to create something in the world that's not children, right? Like I had done that. And I never really thought like the, the words I wrote down that you said is I know what I can create. And I don't know that I have ever said it that way, but that's exactly what it felt like. It was like, I know what I can create and I know what I want to create. And it's not another child right now. Like, yeah, that's not it. And it doesn't mean that it's an easy choice for me. It was hard to say no to what I thought. Like I rather call her a baby and be honest. Like for me, that's what felt honest and true. So yeah, but that was not what I wanted to create at the time. And that like, I don't know, just the whole way you said that felt like, yes, that's exactly what I was going through. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm um, glad it resonated. Yeah. yeah. I think like, I knew, I know that I'm powerful enough and capable enough of being a woman who has children and has a business and does all these things. And at the same time, I didn't want to have to flex the pow- my power in that way. <gasps> Another really good way to say it. Yeah. Like I see all these moms, including you, right? Like these women who have multiple children or one kid, and they also like have a coaching business and they have this great marriage and they travel and they do all they- they're doing, right? They have it all quote unquote, yeah. right? but they're doing all the things. And I was like, I, I can be one of those women. I am one of those women. I'm, I'm t- super capable, but I don't want to be yet. Yeah. So yeah. why, why, why? No. Yeah. No. It's like, is that the thought work I want to do? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was like, no. Yeah. And I also had a feeling that I would probably end up as a single parent. And I was like, I also don't want to do that. Can I? Yes. Do I want yeah. to? No, I could for sure. And my family's so supportive. Yeah. It would have been totally fine. Mm-hmm. Like everything would be good. 
it would be a really cool outcome. It could have been, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the outcome I desired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot about desire and, um, I'm sure you, you do too. Um, what are your tools and tricks for like honoring? Well, first of all, accessing your desire and then honoring it and then just like living in it. Like, just like, tell me your, your tools. Cause I feel like a lot of people, especially after an abortion, cause most of my audience is listening after. And there was a moment when they made their choice where they knew what they wanted. Like they knew Mm -hmm. what they wanted and they knew it wasn't a pregnancy. They knew it wasn't another child or a child in that way. But then you lose that, like in the, in the after of abortion and the messages everywhere and the sadness and like all the things you lose that desire. So a lot of people will say to me, like, I don't know what I want anymore. Mm. So this is where I think my story is different. I can't remember a moment that I felt sadness, I not because I've repressed it, yeah, but because it felt so joyful to make a decision that was serving my myself yeah. powerfully for the first time, probably in my life in this way. Yeah, it felt so self-serving in a positive yeah. way. Yeah, that I felt gratitude. And like, I guess you could say like, you know, I made like an agreement with like the soul of this little being like, okay, we'll, we'll meet again. Like, I'm not worried. Like I got you, you got like, it's all good. You could say it like that. But I think that for me, I'm like a very gut feeling person. Mm -hmm. So when I think about my desires, I feel into it. Like, do I feel like I'm being pulled towards that desire when I think about it? Or do I feel like I'm contracting and like kind of pulling away from it? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, I would feel into after the abortion, it op- it unlocked something for me. Mm. So it didn't even feel like I, it felt like it unlocked a new mm-hmm. level of self-worth for me. So making decisions for myself got easier and easier and easier. Mm. And like, because I was willing to listen in that huge, seemingly huge decision, right? Yeah. Then all the decisions after that, I mean, within six months, I met my husband within oh, 10 months of that, we got engaged within, within six months of that, I quit a job I had had for years. Right. I, I finally had the courage because I yeah, had the courage yeah. to stand for myself. Yeah. I finally had the courage to go do all the things that, and let go of all the things that I had not wanted to keep doing right. The career that I had, yeah. the relationships I had, the type of people that I was dating, it was just a huge breakthrough. in like what I felt worthy of having yeah or not having I think that all of us have access to that what you Mm -hmm. experienced yeah but it doesn't come as easily for all of us as it did for you like for you it unlocked something and the decision making became easier the letting go became easier the like standing up for what you wanted became easier I think we're all capable of that. It just doesn't necessarily click for everyone in the same way. Yeah. I think, I don't know, like I kind of resonate with that and I'm thinking back, I'm like, no, there were definitely hesitation moments. Like I did have a lot of grief. I did have a lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. I had shame, not because of the abortion, but 
because I got pregnant in the first place. Like I had different things to work through, but I think the place I've gotten to is what happened so easy for you. Are you like, now that you're think back on it, can you identify like, what were those thoughts and feelings that made that all just unlock so smoothly? (laughs) You know, it's funny, right? This is, this is kind of like in business when someone has like, you know, their first 10 K month or they hit a hundred thousand or they hit a million and what did you do? What did you do? Yeah. Yeah. People will look at them and it looks like it was an overnight success. Right. And it, it seems like in my mind, the abortion was like, kind of like the line in the sand moment of my worthiness journey yeah, and like stepping into that. But I had been doing this work for years. It was just for me, the abortion was like the big thing that I like gave so much meaning to. And like, it was the thing that like I decided would give me that power Yeah, because it is such like a huge thing for a woman to make that decision. And so I think like, I'm, yeah, I gave it the power. Yes. It was the thing that I decided. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's, I think the magic is like, you can decide this. Anyone listening right now can decide that their abortion is going to be the thing that changes their life in a really positive way. Like that skyrockets growth and letting go and expansion in a really powerful way. And you did a lot of that work before so that when it happened, it just kind of happened. But Mm -hmm. our stories can look all different ways. Like you can make that decision and spend the next five years, 20 years, 30 years, it doesn't matter on doing that unlocking and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And like, I think for a lot of people, it might be challenging to imagine an abortion where there isn't, where it isn't very emotionally challenging and hard and sad and grief and shame. And I think that I also, because I didn't experience that, I think for a long time, I already knew like, if I got pregnant, abortion would be on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I never wrote it off. And I always would tell myself if I ever got pregnant, like, it wasn't like I was trying, I was using protection and like trying to not get pregnant. I didn't want to have to have, like, I don't want to choose (laughs) an abortion. Right. Right. But I was like, if I ever do get pregnant, that will always be an option for me. Assuming I live in a place where I can get abortions and I will always live in a place where I can get an abortions and I will fight for those rights. But like, I think for, because I had already done the work to allow that to be a possibility Yeah. when it became a real possibility, it wasn't as shocking because I had already given myself permission to like, let that happen if I chose it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I think we can go back and sort of retell those stories in a permissive way and change the experience that we have had. Mm -hmm. I was just recording with a um, nurse midwife and saying like, um, I was always pro-choice, but I never, you know, I never thought it would happen to me, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I almost wish there had been like a poster in my women's health office that was like, Hey, abortion happens. Like it happens to one in four people. So just like have a plan, like be like, you can plan ahead and just, it's not that you're going to make it happen. Like, it's not that you're going to call it upon yourself, but like it happens. It can be a part of your healthcare. Um, I hadn't, Mm. I don't know if normalized is the right word, but like, I hadn't really thought that through myself personally until it happened, but I went back and I did that after. Yeah. I have to imagine that if I was like, 
do my best to like close my eyes and imagine this. Like if I had children and then I got pregnant again, I think that it's the experience, of course, it's like our thoughts about it that make the experience, the experience and like how we want to relate to it. But I do think it's a different, it is a different circumstance. And my thoughts about that circumstance are different. Like if I got pregnant after having multiple children, I do think like, oh, I already know how amazing these little humans are. I already have, like, I think it, it is different. And I think it doesn't have to be different, but I could imagine how for me it would be different. Whereas before it felt like a kid would be taking away my freedom, which is one of my thoughts about children that I'm working right, on. Right, right. Well, I already right? didn't have freedom. So I was like, I'm taking back you're, my freedom. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I have three already. I'm, we're, we're doing this. Bring back the freedom. Yeah. I mean, and um, again, like so. these are all our thoughts. We can feel free with three kids. We can feel free totally. with 12 kids. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter, but. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I barely I, feel free having a dog, so I'm working <laughs> on my thoughts, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I do hear what you're saying, but I think it's just six of one, half dozen of another. I think it's just like, yeah, your perspective does change a little when you have kids versus you don't have kids, but the story comes in all shapes and sizes. It's like, oh, I wish I were you. I wish I had my abortion after I had kids. Oh, I wish I were you. I wish I had my abortion before totally. I had kids. Like, it's just yeah. like- it's, it's like, all, I wish I had curly hair. I wish I had straight hair. Yeah. It's just the grass <laughs> is greener situation yeah. happening. Um, yeah. I was also going to say before yeah. that I was also raised in a very like sexually liberal household mm. and like, it was okay to talk about sex. It was okay to like mm-hmm. ask about it or to like, be like, Hey, I'm having sex. Mm. I need to go to the doctor or yeah. like, it wasn't, there was... I, I don't know my brother's experience, but I know for me, I have never experienced shame in my household around mm. sex. I was not raised like religiously and not to say that all religious households have shame, but like that is a more common theme. Yeah. Like for me, sex and all of that did, it, it was pretty neutral. It was pretty like joyful actually. Mm-hmm. And so abortion was just like another extension of that, of like you either, you know, have a kid or you don't have a kid. It doesn't mean anything so good (laughs) so like yeah just like my my foundation was already there right and I think for a lot of people you're either maybe raised in a religious space where like abortion is not okay or sex is not okay and then you know there's just so many things that like there's more layers of conditioning that Mm -hmm. than maybe I had my conditioning was more like it's all okay yeah. Yeah. Which almost brings me back to that question I asked you a while ago which, about desire and like honoring your desires. And like, it's a great example of how we do one thing is how we do everything. Like there's so mm. much desire and want in conversations about sex. And if that's normalized, then your other desires and wants are normalized. And it's like, all of it just becomes healthier and more fluid and more open. I remember thinking and some of the things you've said have like made me think about this I remember thinking after I made my decision maybe even before it's kind of why I'm like slowly trying to think about it (laughs) but like the whole decision for me showed me in a new way how much power I had Mm, like mm -hmm. and it was almost like I had this power in my hands in my like energy field and I had to l- relearn how to use it 
Like, yeah. whoa, if I can like choose not to bring life into the world, A, I can bring life into the world, so much power. I can also choose not to bring life into the world. And like, what else do I want to do with that power? Um, it was a way, it just showed me, it showed me myself in a totally new mm. and, and in-depth way. Yeah, I think that's like the same way of like, like a different pers- different way of saying the same thing with like finding myself worth of like, yeah. oh, it's not a man's decision. Not that I ever thought it was a man's decision, but really like taking the action steps to show like, this is my decision. Yeah. This is my body. This is my, my, not to say that I wasn't willing to like have a conversation about yeah. it, of course, but like, it was another way of me being like, oh, this is my life, my decisions, my skill set, my power, my, me, I could do it. Yeah, <laughs> I could do anything. My- Yeah. It's like my decision, my power. And there were times this in my story, there were times Mm -hmm. in my story where I was like, I wish he would just decide. (laughs) uh, Totally. I was like, I don't want this power. Somebody else Mm -hmm. decide. Like, I don't want it, but I had it. And that's like, ultimately it was my decision, my power. And there were times where it would have felt easier for someone else to decide where I could have just let him say, this is what you're doing, which is so not going to happen in my relationship. But at the time that (laughs) felt easier in the long run, it would have been a lot harder to give up that power. This is interesting because this really relates back to how I coach in my business coaching, right? I coach my clients and I, I assume probably some people who listen to your podcast are entrepreneurs. Yeah, for sure. And like- when we hire a coach thinking they're going to make decisions and tell us strategies and tell us what to do and how to do it, we give our power to the coach. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's the same thing, like with an abortion, giving the power away to like anyone outside of ourselves to like ultimately decide what step to take. doesn't mean like we don't take, like talk to our friends and talk to our spouses and talk to our doctors and talk to our coaches. But at the end of the day, like it's our decision, it's our life, it's our body. And then same, like it's our business, it's our thing that we're creating. And so like, it can feel scary because we have to take responsibility then for the decision we make, which feels really (laughs) yucky if we make a decision and then shame ourselves for the rest of our lives. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) But it can also feel really good to make that decision. And then I think there were like right to two paths. I could have made the decision to have an abortion and then made myself wrong for years and years and years and like regretted it. And like, just had really challenging thoughts about who I am as a person because I made that decision. Yeah. But I just took the other path, which is like, I'm powerful. What a cool decision. How worthy am I that I made this decision? Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. circumstance obviously of abortion was the same in every, every like route I could have taken. Yeah. I remember very clearly deciding that I was going to have my own back no matter how I felt afterwards. Cause I didn't mm-hmm. know, like, I didn't know if I was going to feel a lot of regret or shame or guilt. Yeah. There's and no I way didn't. to know. Yeah. There was no way to know. I didn't end up feeling it. I mean, I had moments, like I said, I, I had shame that I didn't know my IUD fell out and like weird stuff like that. Um, I had moments where I was like, what would it have been like to have four kids? Like all that stuff comes mm-hmm. and goes, but mostly I remember just knowing, being aware somehow that the decision to choose or not choose the procedure was as important as the decision 
to choose or not choose me no matter what afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And when we give that away and we as women, and I know there are, are men who have abortions too, but like when we as women have been so programmed to give someone else the decision-making power because it's mm-hmm. we didn't have any other we couldn't make decisions about a yeah. lot of things right it's new to us and to be, have compassion and be gentle with ourselves that like we haven't had hundreds of years of decision-making power like yeah we are harnessing power that we have we weren't trained as little girls to have like even even at our age yeah and I think also this just made me think of this like for me, it was like also an exercise in feeling my biological urges Mm. and not just defaulting on them. Right. My biological urge before, like before the abortion was like, oh my God, this is going to be a sweet little baby. Like my uterus has this little creature in it. Oh my God. Like, okay, maybe I do want kids. Okay. Right. Like biologically, of course, our body is like doing all of these processes that equal have baby make more humans. And I was able to like notice that I was having these biological urges that wanted me to have a baby and that felt like I should definitely not have an abortion. And then I was able to, yeah. Right. Because I'm a human and that's what our bodies do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think it's the same thing with just general life coaching. Like, are we able to notice our urges and notice our biological things, right? When we buffer or when we do whatever, I was able to notice that like I, my body was really trying to convince me that having a baby was the right choice. But then I was able to use my brain to be like, okay, but like, let's actually decide. Wow. I've never thought about it that way. That I haven't so either. Good. <laughs> just like I, I've never thought about that, that, that way is either, but so good. It's like allowing those biological urges and not acting on them just because they're there. Yeah. And oh. obviously this is like a way crazier way to like contextualize it. Like, yeah. okay, this is around pregnancy. It's not just like, do I want to eat a pint of ice cream or not? Right. right? <laughs> or like, should I go on a run or not? But like, yeah, it's the same thing ultimately. It really is. I mean, that's so much what I felt like. And you said earlier, if I'd had kids, I would know what it means to love and hold and nurture children. Like I Mm -hmm. understood the fullness of that Mm -hmm. capacity to grow children. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I can really resonate with that biological urge being so strong Mm -hmm. and at the same time knowing it's so not the right thing for it's so not in the highest good of everyone involved myself my family my marriage like the world um it's just not it I can feel it and it's yummy and delicious and squishy (laughs) baby chub but it's not that doesn't mean it's right yeah. Yeah, totally. There were days yeah. where I was like, Ooh, I'm eating ramen and I'm pregnant. Like I was six weeks pregnant when I had an abortion. So yeah. like, it was still yeah. like pretty, you know, early on, yeah. but like I found out right around four weeks and then I took two weeks to really fully decide yeah, like what I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, I definitely, there were moments where I was like, Ooh, like this is so cool. Like yeah. my body's, this is amazing. And then I was like, yeah, but I'm going to have the opportunity again. Right, right. So, and actually something that 
um, I haven't really shared this ever publicly, like people who know me behind the scenes of social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done three egg donations in my twenties. So I donated to a gay couple in Northern California, a lesbian couple in China. Wow. And then a couple that I don't know anything about. Um, and so also getting pregnant, I was like, cool, I can still get pregnant and my egg count's still high. It was kind of like, cool, my body's still doing it Yeah, because I got pregnant. I'm 32 now. So I think I was 29, Mm -hmm. 28 or 29 when it was right before I turned 29, I was 28. So like, it was kind of just like, Ooh, my body still got it. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love that. I love that. Um, you mentioned taking two weeks to decide. Can I ask yeah. you a little more about that? Because I know yeah, for sure. a lot of people, it feels like a very rushed thing. I have to make a decision super quick, like get me in there as fast as possible. I can't let this thing, whatever you want to call it, grow any bigger. And I find that a lot of people look back and one of the lessons they take away because they did the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. They, they moved really fast and didn't, didn't slow down and think through. So one of the lessons they take away is like moving forward, I want to slow down. I want to yeah. slow down when I make decisions. Do you remember that at all? And why you allowed yourself two weeks to, to think you know, about it? I think I knew the whole time I would get an abortion. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think I actually allowed myself time to just be in the pregnancy and the decision. Mm-hmm. And then I also, I went through Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. and I think they maybe didn't have like an appointment for a week. And you were just like, okay, <laughs> and I was no like, problem. okay, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I asked them like, is, is that okay? Like, is, you know, it's going to be yeah. like probably six or six to seven weeks by then. Yeah. And it could have even been eight weeks to be honest. I, I want to say it was six, but it could have been eight total. But like the bottom line is like, most of the time I, I just in my gut knew, but I mm-hmm. wanted to just like mm-hmm. really feel what it could be like and mm-hmm. also see what it was like in the relationship I was in and what the dynamic was like now that I found this out. And like, I think my husband and I have talked about it. If I got pregnant now, I probably would not have an abortion. Like he, he wants kids and I'm like on the fence, but if I got pregnant, I'd be like, okay, I want kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then I think- I'm not a slowing down type of person usually either. So I think it was more circumstantial. Like the appointment wouldn't happen in time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, but I wouldn't say I didn't, I didn't rush and I didn't slow down. Yeah. I just was kind of like present with like the time frame it was. Right. It and sounds like you let it be what it was. Yeah. I just, yeah. I was like, here, this is what it is. I feel really sh- like I was also really nauseous. I felt so ill. I felt mm horrific for like a good two of the six weeks. And so part of me was like, if this is what it is to have children, this also fucking sounds horrific. I don't want to do this right now. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't, I literally can't work on my business right now because I need to just sleep and like eat. So this isn't practical for my life. Right. Right. Wow. So many interesting and fun little nuggets. Is there anything else you came wanting to share or has come up that you want to share or you're having like an intuitive hit that somebody needs to hear? (laughs) Yeah. I just had a thought, hold on. It's like half out of my brain. 
Oh, I almost made myself wrong for thinking I should feel worse. Oh, I did that. Yeah. Right. I remember like, that. I was like, you should, yeah, like, why don't guilty. I feel bad? You should yeah. have regret. I was like, but I really don't. I mean, I had, I had a lot of emotions going on, but yeah. Talk yeah. more about that. I mean, I've talked to friends who've had abortions and they still like, when it comes time to be the due date, they feel, yeah, you know, sad or whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't, it just doesn't affect me. And so, and I've even checked in, like, am I avoiding this? Like, let me sit with this. Like, maybe I'm just not willing to feel it. And I'm like, no, like, I really just feel neutral about it. I feel actually good about it. Yeah. And yeah, there were times where I'd be like, you should be feeling worse. Like, really? You just feel this good? Are you sure? There's no way. Like everyone talks about how bad abortion is and how hard and like, like heart wrenching it is. And like, you've yeah. lost a, your baby. And, and I'm like, hmm, I don't feel that way. So yeah, there were definitely times. Yeah. So I, I guess the permission is like, if you don't feel, if you feel neutral, like that's also normal. Which reminds me, and it's a good opportunity to say over and over again, is like, it's also okay if you feel neutral or fine, or just like party celebration gratitude for one abortion. And then another one, you feel a lot of grief and a lot of loss, and mm -hmm. maybe even regret. And like, even within abortion, you may have three that all feel different that's okay yeah, totally. too. Like, it's like children. They all feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just let it be what it is. Um, and yeah, there's so much opportunity to learn no matter what it looks like. Yeah. I think in life in general, when we try to make anything other than what it is, there's a lot of resistance, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and I think it's even really helped me in my relationship with my husband living overseas. I'm like, I made a post about this recently, like I signed up for this marriage, knowing he's in the Navy and that we would have time apart. Yeah. So when I do feel sad or I do feel like I miss him, or I do feel whatever, I don't make myself wrong for it. Cause it's just, it is what it is. And I allow myself to move through that process. And I think with abortion, whether it's one or many or miscarriages or anything that happens where like, we're not having the baby. Yeah. Can just be what it is. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing both your personal story and your wisdom and just the blend of it all. I think the more stories we can hear, the more we smash down the stigma. <laughs> yes. I'm like, whoo. Yeah, I feel the same. So yeah. And I'm, you. I'm excited. I, like I said, I haven't shared the story like on the internet or on yeah. the, in the podcast world before. So I'm excited. I've been wanting to, like I've written some posts, but it, it always felt so like self-serving in a way that it just didn't make sense to share. It felt like I was just telling a story for myself and it didn't, not that I can't do that. That's totally fine. But like it never fit into, I want to say fit into my marketing, but I'm not like rigid with marketing, but it just never fit. Yeah. It never felt yeah. like it was the time. Yeah. And so then I was like, you know what? I think now is the time. Yeah. So yeah. Ooh, what's it going to unlock? <laughs> I know. What, what's next? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm sure that you gave someone else permission to share their story because every time we hear a story, somebody's like, ooh, maybe I can tell mine now. It's okay that yeah. I don't feel guilty yeah. or it's okay, whatever it is. So good stuff. And um, the best way for people to find you if they want to jump to it without going to the show notes. Yeah. Instagram. 
Instagram. So my handle is, yeah, it's Jessica Whitney. So it's at J-E-S-S-I-K-A-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. So that's where I hang out the most and then Perfect. everything kind of goes from there. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you too. Have an amazing day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.